Hello, ladies and gentlemen. David opposing the Matrix here. I was really going to go to sleep early tonight, but then I saw some of the stuff in the news, and I, I just had to get on here. I just feel like a watchman on the wall, um, the wall of a city that has to tell people what's going on. And granted, maybe many of you know what's going on with all this stuff, but there are some of you that don't. So <clears throat> I want to make up that gap a little bit, okay? All right. <clears throat> So um, we've been hearing a lot of uh, – actually, we've been hearing some flip-flop news lately. Um, today I heard that uh, the pilots' union uh, that represents Southwest Airlines is saying that they might be uh, telling all their pilots to go on strike. They have a big job action because of what the uh, the mandates that the airlines are trying to hand down. It's funny how, you know, you got the gov- you got the federal mandates, then you got the state mandates, and then you have citywide mandates, and it's like mandates all the way down a stairway to hell. <laughs> so um, anyway, so there's been a lot, of, a lot of stuff in the news in that regard, okay? Um, I heard that tonight that uh, there's a threat. I think it's not – I don't think it's a threat. I think it's a blessing that um, – there are upwards of a thousand police officers in Seattle that are considering um, quitting because of these mandates. My goodness, a thousand police officers. I wonder how many how many officers they have on the force. For goodness sakes, if a thousand are quitting, is that all of them, or nearly all of them, or you know, are there two or three thousand, or what? You know, I mean, it's Seattle's a pretty big city, but it's you know, it's nothing like New York or. Um, Mexico City or anything like that, you know, so I don't know. That remains to be seen. And if I find anything else out, I'll come on and let you guys know. And ladies, too. I'm from New Jersey. I see you guys, and I mean everybody, okay? But I know somebody's going to take offense to it. So guys and gals, okay? So I, I got to looking on the uh, the Internet tonight after hearing some of these things. And um, Oh, and I don't know if you heard, but uh, – <laughs> this is like living in a Twilight Zone episode. I know I've said that before, and I mean it with all my heart. But um, I heard the other day that uh, they're coming out with a new Superman uh, comic at first, and they're going to actually ruin Superman, who was one of my childhood um, heroes. You know, I didn't have very many heroes when I was a child. Um, I mean, cartoon-wise, but. Uh, Superman was one of them, but basically I liked the series. I had George Reeves in it, so um, I never really read the comic books, except if a friend had them or something. We were trying to pass some time, but um, it's it's a shame that they're 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 going to have a a homosexual Superman who is going to get married, I guess. I don't know to another guy. And, you know, we don't recognize that as being marriage anyway. Marriage is a holy convocation established by Yahweh. And um, it's to be taken with seriousness and uh, and treated as a holy thing. And, uh, well, you know, perverts tend to just not only pervert their lives, but they tend to pervert everything that's in life. And... Uh, I killed a spider before, and you ever do that, and you feel like you got spiders on you after that? <laughs> um, 
So, oh yeah, and then now, if this next publication were to go down the tubes, it would be an amen and hallelujah moment. But I always anticipated it would it would go down because of morality. I didn't think that immorality would bring down immorality. <laughs> okay, but uh, the news is that um, the Playboy magazine is going to have a nude gay man centerfold. Well, you know, that's going to tick all the guys off that read that magazine because they don't read it for the articles. They read it to see a beautiful naked woman on there. And I'm not condoning that. It's it's totally wrong. But uh, we know why men read that magazine. It's not Sometimes it's for the articles, don't get me wrong, or the cartoons or something. It, but how many people are just going to say, the heck with Playboy for now? You know, so good. That's a good thing. You know, we'll probably kill the magazine. And uh, who deserve, has deserved a long and arduous death uh, for a long time? Because from that is spurred on other things that are even more unholy than it. Okay. It's kind of like the uh, the foundation of the whole pornography industry Playboy is. And um, the sooner it's gone, the better, but I didn't think that it would go this way. Um, anyway, so it just goes to show you how society is just kind of really, you think it was going down, but it's not going just down around the bowl. It's going down on flames in a in a unrecoverable tailspin, okay? Whew. Anyway, um, so today I was... I was thinking about um, all this vaccine stuff. And, you know, folks, one of these days we're going to get back to not just covering vaccines every day because I don't want to do this every day, covering this nonsense. But it's necessary right now. And it's, it's a part of society that, you know, has a lot of people worried, has a lot of people concerned. A lot of people thinking, um, you know, what's going on? And and so to do this kind of show with that one subject and, and all of its little ugly little tentacles that are emanating from it, I think is important right now. And hopefully, you know, as time goes on, we'll be able to mix more and more stuff into this. Um, I'd like to talk more about UFOs. I'd like to talk more about the uh, how... Um, Evolution is still being promoted, even though it's a dead um, theory. Uh, there's people that have it on life support, and they won't let it die. Or they're uh, what they're doing is they're they're uh, switching its consciousness from one belief to another. So, uh, I don't know. So anyway, um, thinking about this, I, I was thinking about the death jab. And all the people that have gotten in and some of them that have died, you know, some of them that I've heard about and know. Oh, by the way, if you're in the chat room, I am not going to get in the chat room tonight. Um, there are many times when there are really good people in the chat room, but every once in a while it gets taken over by, uh, by idiots and morons, um, that don't know how to interact, um, favorably or even, uh, in a social manner with each other and with me. So. When I'm by myself doing a show like this, I'm not getting in the, the chat room, okay? Just so you know, I can't defend myself or defend what I'm saying uh, and, and do the radio show at the same time. So um, uh, I should say video show, but anyway. Uh, so anyway, <clears throat> I found some uh, 
some pretty interesting videos and articles. And uh, the thing that bothers me the most is when children are affected by this. You know, us old folks, we're going to die anyway, right? And I still don't feel old, but, you know, my body's telling me differently. Uh, but, you know, everybody gets old and dies, okay, except for two people in the whole history of the world. Uh, they they uh, got translated and brought up to heaven, Enoch and Elijah. So where am I going here? Okay. So anyway, um, yeah, we're all going to grow old and die. So, you know, the older people that are affected by, yes, I do feel bad for them. I feel more uh, worse for their families, you know, um, because as you know, if, as I believe, if you're a believer and you die, you go straight to heaven. And my only hope is that if a person is not a believer and they're about ready to be killed by this, either the vaccine or the, or the um, infection, that uh, maybe they'll remember that one little thing that was talked taught to them or told to them 30, 40, 50 years back, you know, where they were, somebody tried to introduce Yeshua to them and they just kind of blew it off, but they heard the message and it's, it's back here somewhere, way in the back of the brain. And um, it'll make itself manifest and Yahweh will use it to talk to them one more time to give them a chance. I always pray that for people, especially if I don't know where their stance is uh, in Yeshua and salvation. So, <clears throat> And then, you know, uh, I feel bad for the people that are, let's just say, between 30 and 60, uh, because you've worked hard to get your lives geared up and everything's probably going pretty good right now. You know, I'm sure there's going to be some that uh, life's been funky or it has been funky for maybe years or maybe even decades. But uh, for people that have had a hard life, sometimes... (laughs) Being brought to heaven is a good thing, you know, because you don't have the garbage anymore. But, yeah, but the ones that I feel the most sorry for are those in their 20s. Well, I don't, the babies are the ones I feel the most sorry for. But those that are in their 20s, you know, they're just getting started out. You know, they're getting married. They're, they're buying their first house. They're, uh, having their children and things like that. And, and so that's a heck of a time to, to be taken out of this life, to have your life snuffed out. And really with this the virus the way it is, or whatever it is, I'm not so sure it's a virus, but um, it tends to target people that are very young or very old, okay, nowadays anyway. But I feel bad for the teenagers that, um, you know, they're, that are dropping to the ground because they're getting myocarditis or pericarditis and or, or other ailments because of this vaccine. Um, they're, they're surviving the, the, um, infection itself pretty well, but it's the vaccine that's killing them. Uh, same with the twenties, you know, they're, they can get the, um, the myocarditis and pericarditis. Um, so I feel bad for them too, but the ones that really feel bad for the ones that are, uh, let's say, or even in their, their early teens, um, the ones that are looking forward, you know, the early teens are looking forward to graduating high school and getting started with life and, and being an adult. And, and the ones that are younger than that are looking forward to being, um, being a teenager and, and going to school, going to high school. Um, that's what I'm told anyway. I, I really never was <laughs> fond of getting older and going to high school, but, um, 
And then there's the, the real young ones that uh, through no fault of their own have, um, well, actually nobody's at fault when it comes to this, but uh, the really young ones, the, uh, the newborn babies and the, the, uh, the infants and the toddlers and the, and those that are, you know, just getting started in life, um, the basics. And we'll never have a chance because of this insidious virus and this malevolent um, injection that people are sticking in their arms. <clears throat> Especially, you know, when you're that age, you don't have a choice. You just do what your parents tell you to do. Or if you're, say, you're in a, the um, foster care system, you do what the state tells you to do, you know. And uh, I, I just can't, I, I never want to be under the authority of the state. I am to some degree, everybody is, you know, but um, to be like a foster kid or an orphan that totally relies on, has to rely on the state. Oh man, I don't know. All you can do is pray for them and hope they get through through it okay and then can get started on their lives. But anyway, so tonight we're going to look at a, a video or two where it talks about um, the young children getting it. And it talks about the mothers that were encouraged to, to get the shot when they were when they found out they were pregnant or um, during the time of their pregnancy, arrested, uh, told the rest assured that the government said that, hey, it's okay. It doesn't affect newborns. It doesn't affect pregnant women. And uh, again, I'll say it again. If the government says it, don't believe it. Do not believe it. If they see a meteor is hurtling towards the earth and we're all going to die tomorrow, well, <laughs> what can you do? But the um, fact of the matter is that they might have something up their sleeve that they're trying to do to get you to act a certain way. And there is no meteor that's going to plunge into the earth tomorrow. But um, so anyway, we're going to watch a few videos and look at a couple of articles and stuff and see uh, what this this vaccine is doing. And, and also there's the VAERS data, V-A-E-R-S vaccine. Oh, I can't remember what it is. Reporting system, adverse effects reporting system, I think. And death is a big one on there. And that's about the biggest adverse effect you're going to ever run into in your life, right? Because it could affect you so adversely that you don't, no longer have a life. Whereas a friend of mine says you no longer are on the census. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, I'm going to go ahead and uh, let's see, let's do this and get that up and going. And then uh, hopefully I'm starting to become a kind of a master at this and uh, we'll be able to uh, anyway, there's a little uh, writing under here. And first of all, this was posted by health impact news. It was published on the 10th or October 1st, 2021. It's already had 20,567 viewers, 20,567 viewers and it's on rumble. And, um, and he says that here, the CDC released more data today into VAERS, which is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. I guess I got that right. Which shows that there are now 1,969 fetal deaths among pregnant women who received the, the COVID-19 shot. By way of contrast, I performed the exact same search in VAERS for all non-COVID-19 vaccines for the past 30 years and a return to the result of 2,183 for 30 years, folks, uh, fetal deaths from from pregnant women following a vaccination for the past 30 years. 
So there have been nearly the same amount of fetal deaths following COVID-19 shots during the past 10 months as there have been for the past 30 years that uh, that VAERS has been in existence. And how does the CDC respond to that data? The past week, the CDC published recommendations for all pregnant women to get a COVID-19 shot. That's criminal. It's basically um, murder, <laughs> attempted murder. Okay, so let's watch this and uh, and see what goes on here, and um, then we'll stop it. And if discussion needs to be made, we'll discuss and then um, move on to other things. Okay, here we go. Okay, it's starting out by showing the um, the CDC print. Okay, then a picture of some woman here that uh, had a baby that looks like it has a big tumor on its face. Okay, there we go. I'm going to go ahead and read this because I don't think anybody reads it. My niece had her second child last month, and throughout her pregnancy, which she was resisted. She resisted being vaccinated. <clears throat> a month before the baby was born, she was told that she would need a cesarean section and that the hospital and doctors insisted that they would not allow her into the hospital unless she had the jab. With such pressure and the worry of her baby's health, she felt forced to comply and to take the COVID shot. Now the baby is in the hospital, has uncontrollable intermittent jitters, that are worsening and needs a brain scan as they cannot fathom what is causing this. Yeah. Whoever said doctors are smart. It's wrong. Um, Every test that has been done has come back negative. So they are being transferred to the great Ormond street hospital to do further investigations. It's a really heart wrenching thing folks to look at this because the little baby is so cute. If you, I'm talking to the people that can't see it or listening. Um, such a cute little baby, and uh, it's got she got he or she's got uncontrollable shakes. Oh, the poor thing. Oh, this is criminal. Okay, well, hopefully. It's showing the baby some more folks, so. Oh my goodness. You know, I, um, I've seen something similar to this. I'm going to go ahead and talk while this is doing this. Um, I knew a woman, uh, several years ago that, um, used to take in children like this that, uh, whose parents were, you know, had, had crack, uh, um, a crack habit or something and, um, so there was one baby that she was taking care of, um, and she got it right out of the hospital, newborn was taking care of it. And, um, him or her, I think it was a, she, the baby was a girl and the baby's heart would stop every once in a while. And my friend would have to just kind of shake the baby a little bit and the heart would start up again. And the baby had the shakes just like this. So it kind of looks like a crack baby. Now the next picture I'm looking at, the baby's got all kinds of, I don't know what it is. It almost looks like afterbirth on the baby, but um, I don't think it is. It looks like she's got some kind of rash and uh, some kind of skin ailment going on here. So let's see if there's any talking here. 
She's got tumors all over her body. Oh, sweet Jesus. I see this and it just makes me hope that Bill Gates gets arrested and brought down to Gitmo for trial. Dr. Fauci, is there any evidence that the Pfizer, the Moderna, or the J&J vaccines cause any reproductive issues in men? Or Roll your women? pants up. Here we go. The answer to that, uh, Jake, is a resounding no. There's no evidence that it happens, nor is there any mechanistic reason to imagine that it would happen. Would you be surprised if I told you that Fauci might not have his facts straight? <laughs> of course not. Trick question. My next guests say the science on COVID vaccines and fertility is not as clear cut as Fauci clearly wants you to believe. Joining us now, Dr. Byron Bridal uh, is associate professor of viral immunology at the University of Gulf and Dr. Martin Koldorf, professor at Harvard Medical School. Dr. Koldorf, you can correct me if I'm wrong, because the New England Journal of Medicine did do some type of report on the vaccines in pregnant women, but they issued this correction saying that no denominator was available to calculate a risk estimate for spontaneous abortions. Because at the time of this report, follow-up through 20 weeks was not yet available. For the 905 of the 1224 participants vaccinated within 30 days before the first day of the last menstrual period or in the first trimester. So Dr. Kaldorf, aside from the, the study that they've been kind of relying on with the rats, there was this, but doesn't it usually take years to monitor for adverse reactions, especially given the time it takes to have, have gestation for a baby and the follow-up thereafter? Or am I, am I missing something? To me, this just seems completely off. Well, as public health scientists, we have to be honest about the things that we do not know. And whenever there's a new vaccine or, or drug, for that matter, that comes on the market, it usually takes a few years before we have a complete picture about adverse reactions. Uh, for example, when the vaccines came out in December, we didn't know about the myocarditis risk uh, from the Pfizer-Moderna vaccines. We do know about it now. So uh, we don't know exactly uh, what the risks are. I haven't seen any reports of a problem as of yet. But when it comes to, for example, birth defects, you need to have a nine-month uh, follow-up uh, for obvious reasons. So we can't, we don't really have any data on birth defects right now. So, but when it comes to reproductive uh, health, um, anybody can get the disease, but there's a thousandfold difference in risk between mortality risk between the old and the young. Study in the New England Journal of Medicine. This was the basis for arguing that there was evidence of safety of these vaccines in pregnant women. And this, uh, this uh, unveiling of the fact that the study has essentially been debunked, that the authors made uh, a critical mathematical error, has flown under the radar. The whole point of this is that the argument that these vaccines have been shown to be safe in pregnant women is gone. The foundation for that messaging is gone. And yet we are mandating these vaccines for pregnant women. It's not appropriate. And I agree 100 percent. We can take the time to study these vaccines properly because there are effective early treatment strategies. Gentlemen, thank you both. Great to see you both tonight.
Okay, I guess I'm going to be reading again. Um, they're talking about, let's see, from 924-21 release of the VAERS data, found 1,969 cases where the vaccine is COVID-19, and the symptom is aborted pregnancy or abortion or abortion complete or abortion early or abortion incomplete or abortion induced or abortion late or abortion missed <clears throat> or abortion of ectopic pregnancy or abortion spontaneous or abortion spontaneous complete or an abortion spontaneous incomplete or fetal cardiac arrest or fetal death or premature baby death or premature delivery or stillbirth. Didn't know there were that many. Okay. Um, and it's got the different makers of vaccines. Now let's see, Janssen, uh, Sanofi, and, uh, I think that's it. I think they make a virus vector vaccine. And Janssen, uh, the, the count of, uh, abortions or whatever was, uh, I don't want to make light of it. I'm just saying whatever because there's so many up there. <laughs> Uh, that I just read, and I don't know exactly how many of these pertain to all those up there. Anyway, Janssen was 71, and that's a 3.61% increase. Moderna was 525, and that's a 26.66% increase. Pfizer-BioNTech was 1,505, and that's a 76.43% increase. Sanofi Pasteur was 1, and that's a 0.05% increase. And there's another one, unknown manufacturer was 10, and it's 0.51% um, increase. So we'll see how long that this uh, this thing stays up here. But um, looks like this is going to, okay. Don't listen to the lies of the CDC. It says, health impact news, shining the light of truth into the darkness of deceit. And their website is healthimpactnews.com. All right. So let's move on to the next thing we're going to look at. Okay. This is another uh, video on Rumble. Rumble's really, and, and others, of course, but aside, I'm not talking about um, YouTube or anything like that, but uh, Rumble is a pretty good source for the, these things. So is Band Video and uh, some others. And the name of this article, um, we're not, well, actually a video, Genocide of Seniors Continues as FDA and CDC Recommend Third Booster Shot, Thousands Already Dead. And let's see, okay, there's nothing really to read down there. So I'm going to go ahead and start this up and make it big and we'll see what happens, okay? Okay. I'm going to read again here. What do you know? Okay, let me go back real quick. Those who have spoken out concerning the mass genocide of our nation's senior population following COVID-19 injections. Okay, it's going to be testimonials. Okay, the screen's just staying here. Okay, My name is Adrian Aguirre, and I'm a board-certified occupational therapy practitioner. And I'm here because I have experience on COVID units. I've worked on three COVID units, uh, two isolation COVID unit, and one step-down unit. And um, so I've, I've witnessed a lot of what 
um, I guess the media has been talking about, and I see how they've misrepresented the truth on COVID, the truth on the testing. Um, for instance, at my facility, uh, I work at the biggest skilled nursing facility here in Oahu, and I work with the geriatric population. Uh, my entire experience on these COVID units, I think there were 12 deaths, and none of those deaths uh, could fully be attributed to COVID. Um, it was all pre-existing conditions or terminal illness. Since the rollout of the vaccine um, at my facility, Moderna was the vaccine that uh, they administered, I've seen 32 elderly people pass away immediately after um, taking the Moderna vaccine. None of that is being talked about on the news. None of that is being spoken about um, you know, on the media. Uh, it doesn't fit their narrative. I've seen more people pass away from the vaccine than I have on COVID units, which is really weird seeing that supposedly we have really high COVID case numbers. The thing is, I've reached out to these politicians. I've reached out to Ige. I've reached out to Governor Josh Green. I've reached out to Rick Langiardi. I've, I've emailed, I've messaged these people, letting them know what's going on, and it's silence. None of them get back to me. None of them correspond with me whatsoever. I hear no feedback from them. I've talked to Rick Langiardi and Governor Ige, or uh, I've messaged them, and I've messaged uh, Josh Green about the um, hospice patients that were terminally ill, that were labeled as COVID deaths. No one's ever gotten back to me about it. No one's ever investigated this. When I worked on the COVID unit, you know who ran the COVID unit? There was no infectious disease nurse. There was no infectious disease doctor. There was no representative from the DOH, uh, Department of Health, that met with us to tell us what the protocol was. It was two certified nurse assistants, two therapists, a physical therapist, occupational therapist, and a registered nurse. That's who ran the COVID department at Oahu's biggest skilled nursing facility with the geriatric patients. I never corresponded or met with Governor, uh, Lieutenant Governor Josh Green. He never assessed the situation. That's very weird. Why wouldn't you assess this situation with this deadly virus? We had no representative from the DOH come down and speak with us. There was no protocol other than move these patients to the COVID unit, isolate them for 14 days. Some of them will make it, some of them won't. Treatment was withheld. They weren't given treatment. Because they had a positive PCR test, if a person had pneumonia or flu, there's this thing called off-labeling. They're no longer allowed to be treated for flu or pneumonia. So they, they weren't given any uh, antivirals and they weren't given any antibiotics, which would normally fight those things. They were moved to a unit. They were told there was no treatment for them. Whoever made it, made it. Whoever didn't, you know, didn't. This is just an infringement on our, our medical freedom. This is an infringement on our Kapuna's health. I mean, no one's looking after the health of our Kapuna. You know, I, I've seen more death come from the vaccine. 32 Kapuna, immediately after taking the Moderna shot, either the first or second shot, pass away from this. So who's looking out for their care? The people that try to speak up and look out for their care, it falls on deaf ears. No one, no one corresponds back with us. No one wants to hear it because it doesn't fit the current narrative. It, it's, it's horrible. And I think it's just going to continue to get worse. Um, you know, my advice to people, I work in a skilled nursing facility, and my advice to people is if your kapuna are sick, if your elderly are sick, your grandmother, your great-grandmother, your mom, don't send them to a skilled nursing facility. They're not going to receive adequate care.
treatment is going to be withheld from them. They're going to be forced to wear a mask all day and social distance. They're going to become depressed and want to commit suicide because that's what I'm seeing in our facilities. That's what's been going on. 24 dead and 137 infected at New York nursing home. 24 dead. Oh, the organ music is just atrocious. 24 dead, over one-third of residents following experimental mRNA COVID uh, shots. Let's see if I can turn this sound down a little before we turn that back on. My goodness. Sounds like something from Phantom of the Opera. Tragedy, nine dead in Spanish nursing home shortly after first Pfizer shots, but second dose is given away. Twenty-three seniors have died in Norway after receiving the COVID mRNA injection. Forty-six residents dead. Pfizer experimental injections halted in Spain. And it says that this is the Our Lady of the Rosary nursing home. Twenty-two elderly with dementia dead in the Netherlands. My heart is heavy. My heart is heavy. I'm hoping the Lord can get me through this so that I can, I can express to you what is really going on. Lord, give me strength. Now listen, friends. I am not the type who ever cries in front of the camera. That's not me, friends. I'm telling you, that's not me. But knowing what I know and seeing what I see, if I don't speak, man, if I don't, if I don't express myself, it's like to me, I find myself becoming part of the problem. And to be quiet on this issue is deadly. Is deadly. I, I will definitely get my composure, and I promise you, we're gonna get through this. We're gonna get through this, and I'm gonna get this message out by any means necessary. Now, I'm letting you know, friends, <clears throat> as I'm speaking to you right now, I have nothing to gain, everything to lose. Okay, I, I I've been in the health in the health industry in the health field for over 10 years. I am a certified nursing assistant. I also serve as a lay assistant lay pastor. That is that that is my volunteer work. But as my my job as far as where I can take care of my residents and be paid doing it. I am a certified nursing assistant. That is what I do and the function of my work is to save the lives of those that are under my care, doing the best things that I can do by applying the skills that I have learned in school. So I'm hoping you understand where I'm coming from with this. And we know, friends, as of 2020, 2020, we've had this COVID-19 virus that is plaguing the world. We know that. 
but to a large degree, what most people don't realize, although they speak about it in the nursing home, but they are not, they are not blowing the trumpet as they should. Many in the, many in the nursing homes, many, many of our residents <clears throat> have not only suffered from this virus in 2020, that's just, that's just from the virus itself. Not only they've suffered, many of them have lost their lives. We all know that, okay? We've heard some of this on the news. We are familiar with this notion. Now, this is where I'm trying to get your attention. Now, listen to me very carefully, friends. Listen to me very carefully. This COVID-19 virus is something new. The experts are trying to do everything they can to deal with it. Now, the thing is, they have come up with... with 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 several vaccines right several vaccines that they want to administer primarily listen to me very carefully to those who are in a nursing home the elderlies the people such as myself lpn and rn people like myself these are the first group of people that they are targeting with the vaccines which i totally understand because we are in the front line and part of our job is to deal with the, the vulnerable, the ones, those that are more prone to catching the virus. I totally get that. But this is the thing that is going on right now that it troubles me that I'm not hearing enough people talking about this. It troubles me and it seems to me like am I the only one who's crazy or what is going on? Because why I'm not hearing people talking about this. Now, listen very carefully, friends. I'm not going to tell you where I work, but the place that I work is a nursing home. During the month of December 2020, I want you to follow carefully my line of reasoning here. And you're going to see the pattern. During the month of December 2020, um, just within the last two weeks of that month, okay? Within the last two weeks, about the, about the 22nd, and, and, and to, the, to the, uh, the month 2020, right? So in 2020, the whole entire year, we did not have a single death. Did you hear what I said? A single death from any of our residents who had COVID-19. As a matter of fact, the, the, we only had about five people. How many I said? Five people at the most who was infected with COVID-19, zero death for the entire year of 2020. I thank God for it, friends. That is awesome. I cannot say this about every other place, but this is what has happened where I work. Now, get my line of reasoning, friends. Listen to this. Zero death 2020. Just about five cases at the most, all of them survived. A few of our staff got sick, but not too many, like one or two every month or so, right? And that's nothing. And they came back to work. Everything is good. December 2020, right around the time of the 22nd and so on. I can get you the exact date if you want that. The vaccine was administered to our patients and also to some of our staff members get this friends we are in january 18 2021 
listen as I'm speaking to you right now. Literally, I just left work last night and I couldn't contain myself. Just two weeks or three weeks after the, the residents received the vaccine where I work. They have had such a negative reaction to the vaccine. Friends, listen, I am no medical expert. Uh, I am not the brainiac. I am not a scientist. I am not a doctor. I'm not speaking on, on, this, on, 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 the, on these issues. I'm not speaking from this angle. I'm not having this level of credibility. Listen to what I'm trying to tell you. As a CNA who works with the residents, who touch them, who talks to, who pray with them, who cares for them, okay? Like, I'm coming from this angle. I know my patients. I know when they are happy. I know when they are sad. I know when they are frustrated. I know when they are feeling good. I know these people. I'm around them for eight hours. And many people who are CNAs can testify of the same thing. We know the people that we care for. So, two weeks after these people received the vaccine, particularly the, the, the Pfizer-BioNTech uh, Bi vaccine, two weeks after they received the vaccine, or, or three weeks later, we, I am seeing this pattern, this pattern of, of not just side effects, to the point where we had people who were once walking who are no longer walking. People who are once talking who could no longer talk. Hmm? People who were once able to think could no longer think properly. Delirium, confused. The expert says that the vaccine, the vaccine do not have the COVID-19 in it. I understand. Okay. It's supposed to be a stimulus, right? A stimulus that 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 that's supposed to help your your immune system to fight against the virus if you were to confront it. That's the purpose of this vaccine, right? I understand that. I'm not anti-vaccine. I understand the purpose of it. That's not the point of what I'm trying to say. But this is what I'm saying, friends. Our residents are dying. Our residents are dying after they have taken this vaccine. And what troubles me, what troubles me, this is not even being spoken about. What bothers my heart is that it's almost like, don't talk about this. Just keep quiet. This, this. Let's go along with the notion. And I'm sitting here thinking like, this. first of all, I'm a Christian. I can't live with my conscience knowing this is what's happening in front of my eyes. Now, when you ask questions, right? When you ask those in authority, those in a position that could give you answers, you know what their answers are? We had a super spreader. A super spreader? And the answer is, why are, why, why are so many of our residents are getting infected with this, uh, with this COVID-19 after they took the virus, uh, after they took the vaccine? Why are they getting infected? Why are they dying? You know what the answer that I'm getting, friends? Do you know what the answers I'm getting? Oh, we had a super spreader. So there was a person who was sick or a few people that were sick and they spread it. Friends, let me tell you something. I'm not the smartest man in the world. And I'm also not the dumbest one either. 
I'm not the wisest man in the world, but I'm not stupid. How are you going to expel, how are you, you going to tell me, how are you going to tell family members, how are you going to tell us? You go to the year of 2020, zero death, and I can speak the same for many, many nursing homes. Zero death, you go to like the whole entire year, not a single person passed away. We are in 2021, we are in the middle of the month where I work right now, over 14 patients have already died. Mm. They are dropping like flies. Okay, okay it'll start in two Different group of people, folks. Showing up, I'm trying to take care of a person, I guess. Um... Okay, so we're back. Um, this is a clip that we never expected to see. Um, Vivian and I spoke with uh, the whistleblowers from that nursing home, and they explained to us that out of 31 people, these are all people who are suffering from dementia, uh, out of 31 people who were vaccinated, eight died within three, two or three weeks. 11 more um, suffer from serious side effects, serious adverse effects. And uh, they explained to us how one of the, uh, how all of them had tested negative uh, before they were vaccinated, before they were given the injections, and how they were all in good shape, apart from the fact, of course, that they were uh, suffering from dementia. One of them is a runner uh, in his late 70s, I think, or was a runner, I should say, who was also an opera singer. He outran uh, one of the nurses who was in her mid-30s. Um, he was still singing operas um, on, on the day that he got vaccinated. After he got vaccinated, a couple of days later, he died. So this opera singer doesn't sing anymore. Um, these, uh, this video clip is horrific, horrific. The thing is that's most disturbing about this is because we are getting more and more calls from other whistleblowers, from other nursing homes in this country. Plus, we're getting information from other countries, um, Sweden, for example, Norway, for example, Gibraltar, for example. There are also incidents in England and in the United States that match these descriptions. It may not be as bad as it is in, in this particular nursing home in every single incident, but it's bad enough. It means that people are dying because of the vaccines. Of course, we're going to have to go and look into the details. We're going to have to have autopsies performed. But what we're seeing in this video clip is worse than anything we ever expected. And if that is true, and if this is representative for what's going on in the other nursing homes and in other countries, then we have a very serious problem. And so do the people who make the vaccines. So do the people who administer the vaccines um, for various reasons. But this is it looks more and more as though we're dealing with homicide, maybe even murder. Wow. Says, how long will we allow this genocide of all our senior population? Health Impact News shining a light on the truth of the truth, shining a light of the truth into the darkness of deceit. Healthimpactnews.com. I think that pretty well wraps it up, if I'm not mistaken here. Uh, yeah, we're done.
Okay, that was bothersome. So we're seeing more and more proof that the vaccines are killing people and maiming people um, than ever before. Then all the vaccines that were ever given before COVID-19 vaccines, it's killed more people and maimed more people and hurt more people than all the other ones given in, uh, was it 1991, 2001, 2011, 2020, 30 years. Okay. More people have died in the last 10 months and suffered bad consequences in the last 10 months than have in the last 30 years. So that's evidence that speaks for itself. And, you know, they can say, oh, well, you know, this and that. I'm sorry, it doesn't work. The numbers speak for themselves. Math is a universal language. Uh, math always never lies. It never lies. And uh, it always tells the truth. And um, if you ignore math, then uh, you're in some serious uh, predicaments because our whole life has to do with math. And uh, it's funny how people can ignore math like that. But when they... Uh, when it comes time to, to getting, you know, it comes time for payday, boy, they'll tell you the last cent that they're supposed to get from their employer, you know. So let's see what we got here. I think. Okay, this is um, problems with the CDC VAERS passive system. It's from Health Impact News again, published April 13th, 2021. These articles are a little old, not too bad. And it looks like Barbara Lowe Fisher is talking. Um, Barbara Fisher and Dr. Neil Halsey discussed problems with the CDC vaccine adverse event reporting system for vaccines on MSNBC. And oh, they allowed it on MSNBC. Wow. Okay, well, let's <clears throat> start this up and then uh, we'll talk about it and then proceed to the next. You thing. cannot have the same people who are regulating, who are making policy for, and promoting mass use of vaccines also in charge of making sure that they're safe. A big shortcoming, she says, is the VAERS reporting system itself. It's a very passive voluntary system. There are many limitations to VAERS. Dr. Neil Halsey heads the Institute for Vaccine Safety at the Johns Hopkins School of Public Health. Because it's a passive system, not all cases get reported. We also don't often have the total numbers of people who had received the vaccine at any one time, so you can't determine what the rate is. Chris Tarsell's death raises another question about the VAERS system. What's done to investigate when a report of a serious adverse event is filed? Since the time you've reported to that system, have you heard anything from anybody at FDA, CDC, any federal agency? No. Should someone be calling them and saying, we need to know more? Well, I think that's a fair question. Maybe these parents are telling us that they want to be contacted. And that's not a bad idea. It is not a part of the system at this time, but it doesn't mean that there isn't concern. Okay, a little bit of reading here. Fewer than 1% of the vaccine adverse events are reported. Low reporting rates preclude or slow the identification of problem drugs and vaccines that endanger public health. New surveillance methods for drug and vaccine adverse effects are needed. And the source of that was a 2011 report by Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare Incorporated for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. Okay, let's see if there's anything else here. 
Oh, I guess it's just going to finish out with this. Okay. You cannot have. Whoops. Almost. <laughs> okay, I think there's at least one more, and then there's um, some some data we want to go over here. But you see what this woman was saying that the same agency or organization or whatever, <clears throat> namely the CDC or um, FDA or whatever she's talking about, or VARES, she's talking about VARES actually, um, you can't have them administrating things and then investigating things because if they make a mistake, they'd have to investigate their own mistake, right? And, and they're not going to admit their own mistake because it shows that they're bad or weak or whatever. Um, and usually what this is called is a, for lack of better words, is a chain of custody. Okay. Uh, somebody, uh, let's say somebody manufactures something. It, w- it would be no different than the uh, the manufacturer of something that goes to the U.S. Army. Let's say a weapon. Okay. Um, uh, some kind of weapon that shoots 223s and it's got special stuff on it. And um, it's no different than them giving it to the military and then them monitoring the progress of the, of the, um, of the weapon, uh, independent of the, uh, all the, the military inspectors and generals and stuff like that. And then reporting to the generals that everything's okay. Well, if something's not okay, they're not going to say anything. <clears throat> yeah. It might've been one defective gun, but what if there's more than one defective gun? What if another soldier is going to have his face blown off or something like that? You know, um, I know it sounds kind of drastic, but if you've ever seen a gun failure, they're not pretty. Um, so it's the same with the uh, the bears. You know, you have somebody reporting to them, and then them handling all the data, and then them taking the data and giving it to other people. You know, there should be an independent person after bears gets the data to take that data and look at it and disseminate it amongst the different people that can go through it and and subcategorize and then subcategorize the subcategories and everything else so that, you know, the truth will come out and uh, nobody will try to hide anything. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, she's got a a very good point there. And um, so far as I know, it's never been taken care of. Now, one thing that should bother you and it bothers me is that the CDC is not a part of the U.S. government, okay? They're an independent company that works for the U.S. government. The FDA is part of the uh, the federal government, the Food and Drug Administration. It's actually got its own. I think it works for Health and Human Services, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it uh, it's administered by the government, so it's, it's answerable to the government, whereas CDC really isn't answerable to the government. And the way they've been making policies and basically overriding the FDA is worrisome, and it should bother you too. Uh, because they're, they're countermanding what the FDA is saying. And FDA has always been the, the last word when it comes to drugs. So, um, anyway, that's, that's a problem that's, that's real and needs to be addressed. And, uh, that's why we're getting these drugs that are causing so many problems, uh, uh, i.e. the, um, the COVID-19 M, uh, mRNA vaccines. Uh, you know, all these reports are coming in and nothing's being done about it. Uh, there used to be a day when if there was just maybe a uh, 50 or 100 adverse effects or or deaths because of a vaccine or a medicine, it was pulled from the shelf. Not anymore. Not anymore. Okay. Let's go to the next one. Okay. This one is COVID vaccine injuries and death <clears throat> and deaths cover up. 
uh, nurse whistleblowers speak out on pressure to not report. Ooh, that's kind of wicked. Okay. Well, let's see. There's a little writing about this. As we previously reported here at Health Impact News, and that's who did this video again. Uh, the government's ad, uh, vaccine adverse event reporting system, or VAERS, now lists twice as many deaths following COVID-19 shots for the past nine months as the deaths following all vaccines for the past 30 years. Not only is this information from the government's own database not being reported to the pharma-funded corporate media, but nurses and other frontline workers are now coming forward to report that very few deaths and injuries from the COVID-19 shots are actually being reported to VAERS due to the tremendous pressure by pro-vaccine crowd to not report them. Their voices are being <clears throat> censored by the corporate media. Here is the video report we have compiled of nurse whistleblowers, including a physician's assistance testimony, explaining just how difficult it is for anyone to actually file a report for COVID-19 vaccine injuries and deaths. So what are the real numbers of those already dead and permanently injured by COVID vaccine shots? And it leaves it with that. So let's look at this video and, and hear what they have to say. My job, and I'm a physician assistant um, at a local community hospital. I've been there about 15 years. If I'm a hospitalist PA, I take care of the inpatient. So if you're in the emergency room and you have to be admitted to the hospital, you'll see me and I'll take care of you throughout your hospital stay and discharge you when you're ready. After rolling them out then to the kind of general public, the elderly and um, in nursing homes in the area, we would get elderly in with COVID. It was kind of interesting. And it was, it was weird. It was almost like a week after they would get their first dose, they would test positive for COVID. And then we started seeing patients coming in, you know, uh, I got my vaccination and a week later they're in with pneumonia. I can say for sure in 2021, this is the year of pneumonia, independent of COVID. I've never seen people with so many pneumonia, sepsis. And, and even in the middle of summer, just, you know, all summer, that's what we would get in the hospitals, pneumonia, pneumonia, pneumonia. After the vaccine rollout, I definitely noticed an uptick in heart attacks, strokes, blood clots, gastrointestinal bleeds, gastrointestinal complaints, appendicitis. Uh, we even saw pancreatitis, recurrent cancers. It was noticeably increased. Where it wasn't just me noticing it, it was everybody seemed to notice it. It became clear to me that there was something wrong. I knew nothing of VAERS, uh, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. I didn't know about our responsibility to report. It was never even talked about when these vaccines were rolled out. I mean, you'd hear it in the news here and there, but there was never this push to make sure providers were made aware that if you're getting patients in the hospital with issues, these issues, whatever, that here, here, you gotta go to this website and start reporting and start paying attention to stuff. That was never educated to us at all. And I went on the website, I looked, and the first thing I noticed was that it said, healthcare providers are required by law to report certain adverse reactions to VAERS. And I, I said, what do you mean? Like, what law? So, and then you look further, and it had a whole section on it, exactly what you're supposed to report specific things you're supposed to report to VAERS after the COVID vaccine rollout. So that's when I started um, reporting patients on my own. Well, very quickly that became a full-time job in and of itself. I would say within three weeks to a month, I had already had 50 patients reported. Um, and that was just of the providers that 
were willing to tell me about patients recognized that there may be a problem. So I went back to my administration and I said, I need help. You know, I, like, I can't do this all myself. It's overwhelming. I'm on the phone with the CDC all the time. I'm on the phone with these patients. I need more people to know about it so they can help me and we can do the right thing. But that was met with then resistance because that's when the vaccines were really starting to get pushed. Everybody's got to get vaccinated. This is how it's going to go. And by me admitting that we need to report because there may be some issues, it would create vaccine hesitancy amongst the healthcare workers, amongst the staff, uh, amongst the other staff, amongst the patients. Well, that's when things changed because I, <clears throat> I, I wouldn't be quiet about it. And what I did was I put envelopes in our emergency room and told many of the providers, hey, if you get a patient that comes in and they just got their vaccine or you think something might be related in any way, go ahead and put their demographics in the envelope and then I'll take care of it and call the patient and get the report done. Thinking it was only going to be a few reports a week, no. It turned into, like I said, a full-time job very quickly. When you roll out an emergency use product that you're going to mass release on the population, wouldn't you assure that you have safety mechanisms in place? The first thing you would do is assure that people were educated about side effects, what to report, who to report to, before you did that. That should have been the first thing. Educate your healthcare providers who are going to see these people in the hospital. Well, then how come we didn't get educated as healthcare providers? Well, I was told we're supposed to educate ourselves. It's not their responsibility. Deb Calder Hospital's president asked what side effects were not getting in, putting into bears. She recorded the conversation. Here's the next. Not wanting to report that. I don't. I don't know that it's a matter of not wanting to report it. I think the the position the system has taken is that each provider has a responsibility to report up their own patients. But if the providers aren't provided education on what we're supposed to be reporting and the importance of such, how do they know to do it? But I believe the providers should educate themselves when they're when they're dealing with uh, patients related to COVID vaccination. They don't even realize that these are the, specifically the conditions that we're supposed to be reporting to there. So when we've had a ton of them, I mean, we get thrombocytopenia, blood spots, just Tuesday, I think it was, we shipped out, I think, three cardiomyopathies, a blood clot. We got a guy on the floor, and well, he just died, I just pronounced him a second ago, who got his shot, and literally two weeks later, the guy ends up with uh, cancer blown out of nowhere, a, a, a portal vein thrombus, like, just get strokes. I had a lady that, that had a stroke within 48 hours of her vaccine, fully on anticoagulation. I had a lady have a bilateral PE and she was on Ellisquist after her vaccination. I know these are things that are reportable. That our hospital system talked to their risk management team and I was no longer allowed to report on any other patient but patients of my own that I saw where there was a warning that I was told I must support the vaccine effort and the approach to the vaccine. You know, during the pandemic, um, I received a, an, an excellence award for just my patient care and just how dedicated I am. And, and, and now I'm being looked at as a dangerous individual that's putting my patients in harm's way. Come on, boys. These patients deserve to be heard. These injured, I have to say potentially injured because we don't know, right? But they deserve to have a voice. They're being shunned too. 
they're being told they're crazy, that they have anxiety, that it's not real. They don't have anybody fighting for them. There are injured patients out there. There are people whose lives are completely destroyed as a result of these vaccines. There are people who are now in the ground because of these vaccines. I have no doubt about it. And I'm speaking out because I want to be their voice. And I hope others come forward too, because I know I'm not alone. I know I'm not alone. My name is Jody O'Malley, and I'm a master's prepared registered nurse. Well, first of all, your hospital is run by HHS, correct? I work for Health and Human Services um, with a Indian Health Services branch for the Native Americans. You, you, these are federal employees? Yes. And we work for the government. So, I mean, the, the main thing is we have to follow. I know. I mean, that's another so thing. I don't know how much longer I'll be here. And the <laughs> here. I know. Are the policies and administrators coming directly from the federal government? Yes. The problem in here is they are not doing the studies. People that had it, you know, and the people that have been uh, uh, vaccinated, they're not doing any um, antibody testing. Now you got this guy in room four who got his second dose of vaccine um, on Tuesday, has been short of breath. Okay, now his BNP is elevated, D-dimer elevated, ALT, all his liver enzymes are elevated. And then now, let's see. probably myocarditis due to the vaccine. Right, but now they're not going to blame the vaccine. Well, and you know what? But he has an obligation to report that, doesn't he? Oh, it yes. happens. Right, what is it? 60 days after, if you see anything? Uh, they have got to. But how many people report. are reporting? They are not reporting. Right. Because they want to show it under the... Yeah under the, 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 the mat. In this instance with Dr. Gonzalez, what patient was she referring to or without saying she the She was uh, referring to that patient that had congestive heart congestive failure. Congestive heart failure. And yeah. in that particular patient's case, it was not reported. No. On July 29th, you had the first COVID vaccine. Mm. And August 19th, you had the second. You know, you don't have COVID. Okay, but you have got a lot of symptoms, you know, and you're developing congestive heart failure. Were there other instances that they they didn't report? Oh, I've seen dozens of people come in with an adverse reaction. It's a shame they're not treating people. I know. Like they're supposed to, like they should. And I think they want people to die. And how many have you seen that have gotten vaccinated here? The that have sick and yeah. side effects? A lot. A lot. Have you seen it too? Yeah. yeah so I'm like, who's writing the bears report? Nobody, because it takes over a half an hour to write the damn Why? The CDC website, it says that you're required to report adverse events following vaccinations. Is there a policy at the hospital for reporting these complications? No. There has never been any directive sent out on reporting. What the responsibility on everyone is, is to gather that data and report it. And if we're not gathering that data and reporting it, then how are we going to say that this is safe and approved for use? Why are you choosing to blow the whistle? It's not what a lot of people would do. They're scared, they're afraid. What prompted me to do this was when I was house supervisor one night and one of my coworkers had taken the vaccine and she didn't want to. She had went throughout this entire pandemic working in the intensive care unit. It pretty much was a COVID unit. Yeah, it's really sad. 
She had just come back from surgery from leave two weeks ago, a little over two weeks, and then um, got her first dose of vaccine after surviving this entire pandemic. Patient passed away on 828-21. Because of her religious beliefs. And she was coerced into taking it. Nobody should have to decide between their livelihood or take the vaccine. Well, and I saw something, uh, and I've heard from several people that the VAERS database, that is, it's known it's very underreported. I think they've said that it's like 1% of adverse reactions get reported to VAERS. Yeah. The thing, oh, I'm sorry, I just have um, with, I just wanted, yeah, you were going back to the various reporting because, so I have um, a different situation because I haven't been at the bedside since last October. And so I've been able to be more vocal about things on Facebook and social media. And um, out of that, I've had lots of my previous coworkers and friends of mine who are nurses who have reached out to me personally and told me all sorts of insane stories. Hmm. Um, because they're afraid to speak up. They're afraid of the repercussions, they're afraid of the bullying, the harassment, um, and a lot of what I've heard about the VAERS numbers is that when that they're seeing more reactions with their patients post-vaccination than they're seeing COVID patients. Um, and, and not only that, when they bring it up to the physicians, they, they're not only like, you know, poo-pooed or, you know, anything that they're called anti-vaxxers, they're laughed at for bringing it up, like, the, they make the nurse feel like they're stupid. Right. For even considering, they're, they're not even considering that it could be related at all. Um, there's been physicians who have said that it's because of Minnesota's extreme heat. That's why we're seeing upticks in things like stroke and heart attack. Um, it's from the extreme heat. I didn't know that the stroke could cause <laughs> stroke, but, you know, when I or hemorrhagic stroke, right? Even more, um, you know, and so, and there's just like such an insane sense of bullying that's going on that people aren't even wanting to speak up. And the thing that people don't realize is that most medical professionals, um, you know, nurses, don't even didn't even know about bears until all this came about. Mm-hmm. We're not taught about bears. No, nurses. no. Oh wow. Um, that came about in my own research when I had my own kids and I started to look into vaccines myself. Um, and so. If you look on the VAERS website, it says that medical professionals are mandated to report a whole list of side effects for all different kinds of vaccine reactions. We were just on a call with the only infectious disease doctor at the hospital um, that I previously had, and he was saying that VAERS is all self-reported. So the the numbers are inflated because it is self-reported, which is absolute BS. Yeah. It says straight on the website that you, as medical professional, are mandated to report this whole list, and then there's another whole list that you're encouraged to report. Hmm. But those are not being reported, and the nurses are being discouraged from reporting it because, first of all, it takes about 30 minutes to report on theirs. Mm-hmm. So my concern, and where people are like, "Oh, these are not, you know, um, verified numbers, all this stuff," whoever put in all of those VAERS requests had enough concern to spend 30 minutes to put that in. Amongst having to do all of these other jobs, especially right. you know if they're working in healthcare, they had to take 30 minutes out of their day to put that in and risk people walking by, seeing them doing this and belittling them and um, judging them for it and all these things, or doing it on their own time. And so, I would say that the various reports, you know, hold a lot of fault because 
whoever put that in took the time to put it in despite all of the discouragement. Right. Okay. So I just wanted to touch base on a few of those things because about the adverse reactions, I'm a triage nurse and so people will call with like concerns whether it be from COVID directly or the vaccine and I feel like a lot of people from their doctors are getting discouraged or invalidated almost um, to say that those symptoms are specific to the vaccine or from the vaccine I should say. Um, And then as far as transparency goes, um, we were also at one point reporting positive COVID cases of people that were vaccinated. And I feel like, I don't know, it must have been two, three short weeks later, mass email that said, we don't want to know anymore whether they're vaccinated or not. So I don't know, red flags, like why don't you want to know whether this vaccine is working or not? Because clearly it's not. Wow, that's interesting. So I I have a constituent here in Shakopee who, um, she's a healthcare worker and uh, was told get this vaccine or else and so she went and got it and uh, I talked to her husband a week ago and he said within 48 hours she was in the hospital with blood clots and they've since amputated both legs from above knee one hand and three fingers from the other from the other hand sweet Jesus yeah Tisha so you'll have to excuse my cough I'm getting over bronchitis believe me it does exist it's not COVID <laughs> bronchitis, getting over it. Um, But I also work telephone triage now, um, and I hear the weirdest side effects. I used to work up north as an immunization coordinator. Your standard vaccines. I, you know, fever, some chills, fatigue, okay, go to bed, take some Tylenol, you'll be fine. The side effects are, I'm like, I don't even know what to do with this. You have lymph nodes swelling in your chest and in your neck and in your armpit and your foot's hurt and I, I don't know what to do. So we send them to the emergency department and then it gets written off and I don't know what happens with the VAERS report. Hmm. Um, but we, some of us nurses did write to our CEO about the mandated. Um, and what he had to say about VAERS was very interesting. Um, I commented on the death number. He said the death number is wrong, but most importantly, the data is related to death after they received the vaccine. In other words, the vaccine didn't cause the death, but was given in a time frame where death was reported. Wow. <laughs> and when everybody dies from COVID, if they die, if they're already in hospital, yeah. and they're gonna die in the next few weeks anyway, yeah. and they just happen to contract COVID, they didn't die from what they're in hospital for, they died from COVID. No. Yeah. But if you get a vaccine and you just happen to die, oh, it's something else. Right, yeah. right. it's something else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I just wanted to clarify that that's what we're yep. interpreting there. That's, yeah. yeah. And nobody nobody is sitting here you know, on this pedestal saying that all these various reports are exactly accurate and all this stuff. We All we're asking for is transparency, that it's actually happening, it's being reported, and asking people to look into it, asking the appropriate people to look into it. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to do that. There, yes, you were going to ask me. Yeah, go ahead. I think just listening to people talk, how come nobody's asking the nurses why they don't want it? Yeah, that's exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, why don't that you want be, it? That should be a <laughs> huge, huge red flag. That should be a huge flag. Yeah. Why is nobody asking these questions? Because you have healthcare systems that have very minimal people vaccinated. They want to tell you that they're fully vaccinated. They are not. There is departments with 20% vaccinated. Hmm. ER departments are very low. Why? Why, people? We are seeing it, and they're not listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, let's ask that question for people who have said, I don't want the vaccine, you've made that choice. And I, I can tell you, I've made that choice because I've looked at the data and I've determined this doesn't pose a risk for me. I actually had COVID already. So um, I've got natural immunity, but why don't you guys want? Well, I'm an ER nurse and I see the, the, all of the strokes, the heart attacks. I mean, it is blatantly obvious what they are causing, blatantly obvious. And with the VAERS reports and they're not wanting to report it, it's so disheartening. But I have to say, in my department, I have educated a lot of my staff, <laughs> and they are all staying after work reporting. Got a little reading here. <clears throat> With all this pressure to not report injuries and deaths from the COVID-19 experimental vaccines, what is VAERS reporting on? What is VAERS reporting on deaths since the COVID-19 shots started? And we will continue, hopefully. Oh, there's a graph. Okay. And the graph shows, it starts in 1990, I think when VARES first went into effect. It's basically a flat line all the way down at the bottom, um, going across from left to right on the zero line <clears throat> until you get to 2020, and then it shoots up almost vertically. I would say that's got to be... Uh, 86 or an 85% um, angle all the way up to 12,000 looks like 600 I can't tell because between 12,500 and 15,000 so uh, down closer to the 12,500 mark so uh, anyway yeah, that line where it goes up it says where the FDA authorizes emergency use for COVID-19 vaccines <clears throat> so that's kind of alarming see that's math and it speaks for itself and I think we've come to the end of this video if I'm not mistaken yes we have okay oops I almost started it over again all right what do we got next folks sorry I'm starting to wind down a little bit um Okay, this is the last one, <clears throat> and this is from uh, CDC records, uh, show 12,791 dead. Okay, I'm just going to read the graphs. I'm not going to read the article uh, or the um, tables. I'm sorry, not graphs. It said from 8-6-2021 release of VAERS data, Found 571,831 cases where the vaccine is COVID-19. And let's see. Deaths, 12,791. Permanent disability, 16,044. Office visit to the doctor, 95,886. <clears throat> Emergency room, 57. Emergency doctor room, 70,610. Hospitalized 51,087. Uh, hospitalized prolonged 155. Recovered 191,823. Birth defects 351. Life threatening event uh, 13,139. And not serious 230,930. Um, so there's your numbers. 
And there's a little um, caveat um, mark. One of them, it says, uh, let's see, which one does it say? Oh, it's for the, the total percentage. Um, it says, because some cases have multiple vaccinations and symptoms, a single case can be account for more account for more multiple entries on this table. This is the reason why the total count is greater than 57,000 or 571,831, the number of cases found, and the total percentage is greater than 100. That makes sense. Okay. And let's see, I want to go down. It says from 723.21, release of VAERS data, found 6,068 cases where the patient died and vaccination date was from 1990, uh, 1-1 of 99, or excuse me, one one or January first, nineteen ninety one. Let's put it that way, to uh, November thirtieth of twenty twenty. Okay, less than three years. The age is less than three years. Three thousand four hundred and forty seven. Three to six years, ninety five. Six to nine years, forty five. Uh, nine to twelve years, fifty four. Twelve to seventeen years, one hundred and twenty nine. 17 to 44 years, 319. 44 through 65 years, 373. 65 through 75 years, um, 364. 75 plus years, 683. Unknown, 559. That's interesting. Um, so it's affecting the very young and, uh, and it progresses up to three digits starting 12 to 17 years. Huh. Okay. And if you're watching this by video, you're watching everything that I'm seeing here. And uh, remember those aborted, all those aborted names? <laughs> you can go back and listen to them. I'm not reading them again. So it says age 17 to 44 years, 953 losses of, of, Babies or, you know, abortions, so to speak. 44 to 65 years, only 15. That's obvious because you're preaching, approaching medica, menopause there. And then unknown, 392. So 14 to, or 17 to 44 years of percent increase is 70.07%. Those numbers just don't happen, folks, on their own. There has to be an outside force acting upon it. Okay. So we've done all of our reading, all of our video watching, and I am going to do that and bring myself back in. <clears throat> so folks, um, there's definitely a problem with COVID-19 um, vaccinations, or let's call them death jabs, because that's what they are. And the CDC knows about it. They're fudging the numbers. Um, we've seen from that one video, my goodness, the uh, administrators aren't, don't want to touch uh, the virus thing and, and report things. And, you know, of course, the government always has to make things hard. And that's why it takes 30 minutes to to fill out the uh, fill out the paperwork. And. Um, and, you know, most doctors don't have 30 minutes their whole day to themselves, let alone 30 minutes to fill out one thing. My suggestion would be for doctors to hire somebody or use one of the LPNs or the RNs that are on staff to do that work all day long. All the doctor has to do is come by and sign it off 
or even have the account under his name and let the nurse put him in. Um, anyway, so um, we've looked at VARES and seen what it is and um, that it doesn't work very well because it's underreported. It doesn't work very well because the CDC is the one that puts the VARES out and the CDC dismiss, uh, dispenses the data or disseminates the data, I should say, and uh, and and then puts it out there. And uh, then they turn around and they, when they see the numbers aren't working in their favor or the favor of the vaccine, they come out with all this gobbledygook to, to prove that the vaccine is effective, even though it says it killed thousands of people. So anyway, it's, uh, you know what I wanted to do, and I'm going to do it, is... Um, because I sometimes, um, well, let's see, I sometimes get frustrated, like things aren't happening and things aren't, uh, evil is prospering. I think maybe that's um, what I wanted to say. So I'm going to look up, um, I watch this guy online and um, his, his channel on YouTube is um, oh, Bushcraft Bear. Oh my goodness. Okay, his name is Witchcraft Bear and um he uh on front or yeah, on Friday mornings he reads a psalm because he doesn't come in on uh on uh, Friday night and Saturday. I think he's Jewish or um I don't know, he might be one of the Moranos uh, that uh the forced conversion things. I don't know. It's hard to tell. And I haven't had a chance to talk with him about it, but uh, he was reading from. Um, okay. Let's see. No, I must, I must have the wrong Psalm. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do this tonight. He was just talking about how, um, how Yahweh brings uh the rich and conceited to ruin and elevates the um, elevates the uh, the poor people and the ones that are oppressed. And I think a lot of us fall into that second category, especially when it comes to being under the thumb of the the uh, the government. <clears throat> well, since that didn't work out, folks, <laughs> I am going to go ahead and end the show, and I'll try to find it for the next one. Um. I got a lot out of this tonight when I studied for it, and I hope you got a lot out of it from listening to it. And um, it's just another piece of the puzzle that you can stick in that puzzle that you've got. And, um, you know, it's going to help to make that whole picture clear. Even though we know that we have it clear, it's kind of nice. You know, you can remember what something looks like, but if you had a picture of it or see a painting of it, then you even remember even better. So this is a little puzzle we're putting together, uh, the COVID-19 puzzle. And uh, it's uh, looking kind of wicked, but uh, at least we're seeing the whole picture. So that having been said, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Uh, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face rise upon you and be gracious unto you. May he watch your going out and your coming in, your rising up and your lying down. May he bring you peace. In Yeshua's holy name, live long and prosper. Good night.